Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Games Casually. I'm your host, Derek Lockwood, and this is a chill video game podcast where making time for video games as a hobby and keeping up with gaming news is no small feat. This week, this bonus episode, we are interviewing the great Chris Lee, variety horror streamer, content extraordinaire, also the creator of The Nerdlies. You may have seen them on Twitch, Instagram threads, everywhere. Hey, Chris, how's it going, man? Going pretty good. That's uh, that's a lot to live up to, my friend. That's a lot to live, lot to live up to. <laughs> well, I mean, you make really good content, and I'm not going to lie, I may be a little biased because you shared some Chilla's art, super cool, and I'm excited for you to play World of Horror. That looks really dope. Yeah, uh, there's, I mean, there's just a, such a rich, uh, a rich landscape of indie horror that is just so much fun to play. There's just so many inventive people that make horror games now, and uh, it's wonderful. It really is, and I think we're entering this this time in horror games where people are really going for unique ideas and unique perspectives. They're not going for the the typical jump scare extravaganza. Yeah, and there's there's like a place for just a straight up jump scare, uh, fun fun thing to happen where you just you know you just get that your sense of adrenaline and stuff like that but people are really going after existential horrors and and real life uh horrors especially chill's art does a lot of things with uh real life horror the the just the craziness that comes with with life stalkers that sort of thing uh same with fears to fathom so people are really going out uh, doing a very unique job of writing horror stories and really nothing is more scary than real life yeah chris how about you uh tell us a little bit about yourself Uh, what are you creating and what do you do outside of that well yeah um i am uh currently mostly a variety streamer variety slash indie horror streamer as i like to call it i lean probably 80 percent horror uh when playing video games and stuff like that making videos for youtube uh, tiktok shorts that sort of stuff um we started out as a podcast me and my wife started this, uh, the Nerdlies, as a podcast because we really just love talking to other people. Much, I'm sure, like you do, we like talking to other people who love to create things and that sort of stuff. So that that kind of started it all. And then, you know, just kind of as we evolved, we started doing other things. I started taking pictures. I started doing uh, content creation with videos and stuff like that. So mainly now, right now, our focus is streaming and uh, video editing and that sort of stuff. Uh, I also do. I am a video editor as my uh, main profession, so it kind of helps that way that I have some of those skills already. And uh, I did uh, on the podcast run when I when we started it. One of the reasons was because I did radio when I was in high school, so or studied radio when I was in high school. So I have a regular, relatively uh, good base of how to talk to people <laughs> and talk uh, for an extended period of time. Um, but yeah, that's basically what we are. And you can really hear that in the way you're presenting yourself right now. You're very well spoken, uh, very detailed in, the, in your in your explanations. When you were creating your content for the Nerdlies and now your your streams, did you have any kind of path to what you wanted to create? Was there a concept that is now what you're doing? Or was it just something like, you know, let's make a podcast and let's just talk about games? Yeah, I mean, my my wife and I were huge fans of Kevin Smith and uh, huge fans of um, I like the Nerdist podcast back in the day. I liked a bunch of different things. And we have a lot of friends that are creative 
uh, in the creative field here in LA. So it made it easy to be like, hey, let's let's take advantage of um, things that we like to talk about, people that we know that are knowledgeable either in the industry or elsewhere, and um, get them in, learn more about because we were always talking, having those conversations anyway. So it made it a little bit easier to start one and have a little bit of structure and and all that stuff. Um, when the pandemic hit, everything kind of like shifted for us a little bit because content wasn't so readily available. Things stopped for a little while and we just got busier doing other things, doing our own life things. So I started concentrating on uh, Twitch streaming because I started kind of falling in love with horror. I was never if you ask me about horror movies, that's a whole different game. I don't know much about horror movies at all, but I kind of fell in love with communal experience of horror games. Once that kind of got going, I started looking into just doing more with our streaming, which we only did a little bit of. We used to just stream to our friends, have game nights with playing Jackbox and stuff like that, just to kind of connect to our audience. But as it kind of grew, uh, horror, indie horror especially, just kind of came to me as like something that was really fun, had a really fun community. I found a lot of really great streamers. I give big credit to my friend Sonicet, uh on Twitch for kind of pushing uh, the community that I was having uh, to, to do more things. So um, that's where it's kind of come from now. Something that caught my attention was how, you know, you slowly transitioned to also doing Twitch streams and horror-centric. Mm -hmm. Did having real-life experience and professional experience as a video editor and things like that actually help you to do Twitch streams or provide any benefit to doing that? Well, I think it provides benefit to the post part of it, right? I don't think it, I think the radio part of it really helped more with with Twitch streaming because I kind of had that background of like chit-chatting, talking, kind of relating to people and all that type of stuff. I knew how to interview people so I know how to kind of talk and just understand what the audience kind of wants and the ebb and flow of how to do just just present myself without um, having much insecurity about it. Uh, so I think that helped. And the video editing helps with the content creation afterwards. Once everything's recorded, stream is done, you go back, look for clips, you cut those down, have some fun ones throw, to throw up on YouTube and TikTok and stuff like that. Um, so I think because I had those skill sets anyway, or I was interested in learning more about about that stuff, it made it a little easier to uh, to kind of switch in between because I was doing a lot of audio editing, obviously, with the podcast already. So then it's just like now you throw in, throw on another layer. You got, you got video now. So um, it made it a little easier. And has editing content for Twitch had any additional benefit in your actual work outside of that? Or, or is it really just kind of like very similar? It's it's kind of similar. I think it benefits me in my work that this is different. It makes me think differently about how to edit something. So I think that kind of helps with uh, some of the things I do at work can can get a little better because I'm thinking differently of how to how to present an idea. Um, so storytelling is the main thing about like editing for the most part. So it's it's giving me different ideas of how to do storytelling for sure. That's great. And I absolutely love those little clips that you put on your Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. <laughs> and you. I encourage everyone who's listening to this show to check them out. Everything we talk about in this show, in this interview, you can find all the links in the show notes below. And I do want to ask you, Chris, so you mentioned that you and your wife love video games wholeheartedly, that so much you wanted to create something about and talk about it. Was there a moment in your life 
that confirmed that video games would be a lifelong hobby for you? Ooh, I don't I don't know if there was an exact moment. I think the the time that I played the most consistent games, because I played games on and off. I, I never had every system. Um, my friends had N64s. I would always go over there and play games and stuff like that. I had a Game Boy. I had a Game Gear. I don't know if you remember Game Gear, but that thing took six batteries and lasted 20 minutes. Uh, I played the heck out of like F1 games on that. Um, <laughs> but like it, it became a, a part of my regular life when I started working in Connecticut. I, were, I was in Connecticut for a couple of years and I met some friends out there that were playing Call of Duty. Uh, every evening. So I got an, got an Xbox. I went and I played. We had weird schedules. So we'd play from like 1 a.m. till 5 a.m. Basically, <laughs> when we got off of work. So uh had a little bit of community there. And because of that, uh, that just made me play play more games. And honestly, like once once we got back to California, I knew a lot of people here had games and started playing PC games. And my uh, my wife, Rachel, uh, who I give a lot of credit to for helping me start this stuff. Um, obviously, I'm like the more of the face of it, but I obviously always want to give love to my my wife, who uh, kind of came up with the name, came up with the idea of doing it, and I helped run with it. Uh, but yeah, she played a lot of PC games when she was a kid, and she played Myst, puzzle games and stuff like that. And so she was showing me all these games that I kind of missed out on because I didn't have a PC super young. I, I When I got a PC, all I played was, um, do you remember Aces of the Pacific at all? Uh, no, I do not. It is a World World War II fighter jet game that I just loved. It was on like MS DOS. I'm very much dating myself here, but oh, uh, that game that game was one of my favorite games to play. Um, but anyway, she showed me stuff like Mist, uh, different puzzle games, and we started you know buying stuff on Steam and just seeing the creativity of what games are and like how how. Uh, stories can be done. We started playing stuff like or or watching stuff like Inside and um, Limbo and then, you know, Little Nightmares, that sort of stuff. It's just started getting us inching us closer and closer to playing more and more PC games. Now I'm just I love playing stuff on the on PC and finding little little gems on on Steam and all that. I really love this answer because it's very different from other hand series you might hear from someone where they specifically pinpoint a memory or a video game for you it sounds like it was a passion in the making that just one day you were kind of like oh man i really love this stuff and this is something that i want to do for the future yeah it's just one of those things i don't think like i know people have games i mean i have games that i really truly remember when i was a kid obviously goldeneye was a big one but honestly it's the community around it that really got me to stick around with games because obviously when I when my friends all had Goldeneye and my friends all wanted to play Goldeneye, that's what I would be playing. And then uh, it, I I didn't have a lot of spare time to myself, like with a game system at my house. So I didn't really play story games for myself. I really it really was about the community at first uh, that I found with it. So it kind of evolved from there to actually playing story games for my own enjoyment. Right. Absolutely. And like you just said just now, you really should play games for your enjoyment, but it's also fun to play with friends and share that interest. Yeah. I really appreciate the way you present your content and the way you interact with your community. I hopped in a few streams. I am a big lurker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys are lurkers are very, very important to streamers. So don't ever apologize for being a lurker. 
That is still very important, even if you don't say anything. Yes. And I'd be lurking and I'd be liking that Spider-Man dude <laughs> who'd be spiting <laughs> away. Uh, well, Chris, thank you, man. Um, I really enjoy learning your more content creation side. But now I'm, I'm curious about Chris Lee outside of content creation. How do you manage your time, especially as a content creator in your professional life that I know those hours can go long and hard? How do you manage your time with your hobbies, video games, uh, being a loving husband? How do you handle all of that? Uh, I, I'm going to say uh, candidly, not well. I'm just kidding. No, I I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have a, a part of me that I, I, I get a little too, I don't want to say obsessive. I want to say I'm very, I get very focused on certain things that I'm doing so I can sometimes get into like a loop of like, I need to do this right now. And I don't, can't think of anything else until I go and edit something or do a thing. But, um, in my, I tried my best to do have downtime where I am, uh, more, um, more concentrating on what I'm doing at the time, uh, either going, I like doing photography, so we'll go drive out to a location, have, have a nice photo shoot somewhere. Um, try to have some good, good quality time with friends and my wife and all that and have, uh, uh, good experiences as that are not just me sitting in my house playing video games, obviously. Um, but obviously with the full-time job and then trying to keep a content schedule, those, those times can be few and far between. It's just more so like, you know, you have this couple of hours on Saturday where you don't, I don't have to be doing anything. I don't have to be uh, on and doing my stream and editing and all that stuff. So it's just like try to get out of the house. Try to make sure you have time to to really focus on yourself. Um, I've been I've been trying to be better about reading and obviously listen to audiobooks and stuff like that outside of uh, outside of doing content creation. So because um, I'm terrible at picking up a book and reading and I know that it's supposed to be enriching for me <laughs> um, but just trying to think of things that or, or do things that relax my mind a little bit more yeah man I also recently started to try to read some more books because in high school I was a pretty big reader and right. I actually do have a, a book recommendation for you if I can find it I was just starting to read some stuff that people had recommended over the years my wife's a huge fan of Maria Bamford, and she is obviously very, um, if you are familiar with her work, she's very open about her mental health and and that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm always very interested in learning about more things with my mental health and more strategies to kind of open yourself up more or like be more conscious about how you're feeling and, and how you're dealing with it. So that book was very, very eye opening to see how she was her, her stuff went through. And then I I just read um, Jeanette McCurdy's book, uh, which is, I'll be honest, a little bit dark. Uh, it's titled I'm Glad My Mom Died. And uh, it goes through mm. some very dark topics of like a very young actor. Those things are very interesting to me just to kind of have those other experiences just so that you can kind of empathize and see through someone else's perspective. Yeah, that's really empowering, man. I would love to check out those books, especially that Jeanette McCurdy. I remember watching her on, uh, what was that, iCarly? Yeah, she was on I iCarly. Yeah, that's it's really interesting. Um, I did find the book. It's nowhere near as dark or anything really like that. <laughs> <laughs> the book it is called. It doesn't always have to be dark. Doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the book is called Video Game of the Year. It's written by Jordan Miner. He's also the uh, one of the analysts over at PC Gamer. Okay. He talk he talks about games of the year starting from 1977, but not in the sense of him his bias of why he liked that game. It's more about how that game defined that year and the future of gaming. It's very interesting. Oh, wow. It goes all the way up into I believe 2023, 2022, somewhere around there. Oh wow, that that's, that does sound super interesting. But yeah, I, I'll I'll share it with you. And every, again, once again, everyone listening, links in the show notes. I, I want to kind of like step back a little bit where you say where you mentioned that you know you don't have a lot of time in between to do other things, right? You got to kind of pick and choose what you do. Mm-hmm. And recently, you just shared on social media that you just got in a bunch of apparel and stuff for your shop. Now that's adding another layer of business to your content creation. How do you even do that? Do you fulfill all that by yourself? Uh, so, yeah, like I said, um, I can get a little bit obsessive about things. I had an idea that I like making stuff, and I I think it's one of the things that that I've just always loved to do. Even when I was in high school, a lot of my uh, <laughs> projects that I could turn in was were video projects, and I would just do cheap in-camera editing like we'd stop a take and then like roll it back so that we could re-record a a thing or whatever um but there's just something about my personality that i just like to create stuff so i had an idea to start making new things because i was going to revamp the shop anyway so um i'm just doing the design so this is all uh i think i don't have a lot of space in my house Uh, i don't know if you've seen how my setup looks but it's very uh (laughs) it's very uh cluttered um, but yeah, so I found a lot of like print to order type partners to work with. So I'm making the designs and stuff like that. And I actually or- I just ordered some samples to make sure that they're good so that once somebody places an order, I ha- I feel good about like I know what this is going to look like once it gets there. But it's been really fun to create little logos and graphic designs. I'm not a professional. I have a lot of friends who are amazing uh, graphic designers. And I would I I want to be able to pay them what they want, what they need. And uh, if uh, I can't, then I try to do it myself. <laughs> so I'm happy with the things that turned out and I'm happy for the shop that's going to come out uh, on November 3rd. So I really do appreciate how, you know, you're conscious of when you ask your friends for help that you make sure to compensate them for their time, because I think there is kind of a stigma where, hey, can you do me a favor? But I'm not going to pay. Yeah. You. <laughs> and that's a that's a tough thing. Like, I, I know, I mean, I, I've done photography, I've done, um, you know, helping with people with uh, video editing and, and audio editing here and there. And it's just really tough because you want to help. Uh, friends want to help friends in the mm-hmm. end. Right. I, I will always try to do my best to help my friend as I as I have the time. And people a lot of people know I don't have a ton of time to help, but I will try my best to carve time out to help people. Um, so human nature, I think, is to try to help. But being as where we are and where we stand in, you know, the economy, uh, people do just need to get paid for their skills. And I have a I have a lot of respect for artists because honestly, and I'll tell you this, like I I a lot of the stuff that I've created by my hand and the the are are things that I either have done easily on Procreate um, or like just like type design where i find a great font and add to it or something like that and do and then there's like pixel stuff that you can do on this program called pixel and those are easy for me because i'm not a traditional artist but then i get you know i'll ask a commission for a friend 
and I'll, I'll pay them for their their work because man, they're creating things from scratch. They are doing crazy layers, crazy coloring. And uh, I mean, not to just plug the, sh the shop and stuff like that, but uh, there's a print that I absolutely love for uh, for my wife, Rachel. It's, it's a Lady Raygun design that my friend Jared Yamahata made. And he spent, his coloring is just so beautiful and all that. And I just want people to see it. I, I really honestly just, you know, I, I commissioned it obviously for for my wife for her for her artwork, but now I'm like, I just want people to see it. And if people buy that, I'm gonna kick him back a couple a percentage because he he earned it. He killed it on that design. So you know, I I think it's very important to remember that your friends want to pursue some of their uh, creative tasks as like a profession. So like always try to um, compensate them, even just a tip, like give them twenty bucks for something they did for you, you know, buy them a coffee. I think that'll make people feel good about what they do. Absolutely. Always good to lift up your friends and support them. And you can also do that by sharing their work. After you exactly. receive that piece, share it with another friend, share it with someone who you've heard from the back of the office that also needs some work done. You can do that too. I think, All of that helps. I think people need a reminder that like, yeah, especially creatives, right? There's there's such there's such a market for creative people and creative skills. And I think sometimes people are scared to share those things with others because you want to carve out your own space. But man, I honestly I feel like everybody can benefit from sharing other people's work, delighting in someone else's skill. And when you do that, they hopefully will pay that back to you in some kind of way like delighting your skill a little bit or something like that. Just everybody, there's room for everybody in it. Mm -hmm. you, you also just mentioned more about time and I want to hone in on that, how you don't have a lot of time <laughs> to help out when you can, but you still try, which is a beautiful thing. Thank you for doing that. So in between all of this working and constant creating and constant moving, how do you even keep up with video, with video game news? Do you have Do you have someone like up in the cloud just beaming information to your brain? How do you do that? <laughs> I have a a an amazing community uh who will share games in our discord. Um I have a uh good amount of friendships with other people who uh content create. So when they pop up and stream something, like in my downtime I'll have streams just off to the side uh somewhere where like I can kind of keep an eye on it. Um and if I see something interesting that my friend like like I said my uh like I mentioned earlier Sonicet um, if he's streaming something interesting, I'm like, I'm just going to take a note of that um, and all that stuff. So it's not I don't like I, I try not to uh, spend too much time off when I'm not creating to like just research things, <laughs> which is probably bad sometimes. But um, luckily, I have a lot of friends who recommend things, uh, send along links, send along recommendations of of things that have come out or new things or maybe even stuff that I hadn't heard of from before I started playing horror games um, that I should play. So, um, and I, I will give a shout out to my mod, Charlie, who has done a lot of my emotes and stuff like that. She kept a list for a while of games that are in my backlog. And I have so many games that I still need to do. Shout out to Charlie for doing that. And I feel bad that she uh, made that list and I played maybe 10% of it so far. <laughs> oh, that's very cute. <laughs> Chris. Are you a casual or a hardcore gamer? 
Uh, I don't think there's uh, anything wrong with being a casual, and I think that I I would categorize myself as a casual. To be honest with you, I don't I don't play games to be competitive and to feel like I I play games a little bit to feel like I accomplished something. To accomplish like completing a game is always great, but I'm I'm not gonna be one of the speedrunners. I'm not here to get a good KDA. I'm here to have a good time, soak in a story, and uh, enjoy myself. So I, I am proudly a casual, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think this is where, if this was a Twitch stream, I would proudly say, someone clip that, because that was a beautiful answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, one more question for you before we hop on out of here. But do Sounds you have great. any tips or advice you'd like to share with all the busy gamers out there before we sign off? Uh, remember to take time for yourself. I know I'm the worst about uh, taking that information. And running with it but remember to take care of yourself because your content will suffer if you don't um i will say the play games that you love play games that inspire you because that's going to make the content better i think it's going to make the people can tell when you're not really into a game and you're or you're playing it just because it's popular um i know that you know we all have to play certain things to uh, stay relevant as content creators because the algorithm moves so interestingly. Um, but make sure you're doing things that are in line with your interests and your values, because I think that makes the most the and best content. And just remember that, you know, it's all fun. It's supposed to be fun as much as it is like it can be a business. It can be, you know, a living for you if if you do things right. But make sure it's fun because then that'll make everything else easier because if it's fun then i mean no that's a it's a it's an old adage but if you have fun it's not going to feel like a job um and once it feels like a job that you don't really feel like going to every day it's not going to be a you're not going to be making the things that you're supposed to be making so keep that in focus take care of yourselves and have fun and enjoy your community beautiful answer love that once again everyone clip it Chris, so all these fun things you mentioned, having fun in its entirety. Where can people find you online for more of your fun? Yeah, um, I am uh, the Nerdlies on pretty much every uh, social. I'm probably not on the newest one <laughs> yet, but I'm on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Threads, uh, Twitch, uh, all that. Pretty much the Nerdlies, T-H-E-N-E-R-D-L-Y-S. We have a website, thenerdlies.com, which puts up uh, blog posts here now, now and again, mostly cosplay galleries now from cons that we've gone to. And uh, as I said before, shopnerdlies.com is opening November 3rd. It's going to have all of our merch, uh, new merch, new designs and stuff like that. And that's pretty much it. Oh, find us on YouTube, especially. We have two channels on YouTube. Uh, one's the Nerdlies, one's the Nerdlies VODs. The Nerdlies is more edited uh, content and stuff, stuff like that, clips and all that. VODs is straight up the VODs from Twitch so that uh, they live in perpetuity over there. So that's that's where you can find us. Well, thank you so much again, Chris. I had a great time talking with you. And really, man, you just you just give off this amazing positive energy. It makes me feel good, man. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I could impart that to other people because I think that's important. It really is important. And for everyone who has enjoyed listening, again, Check out Chris on everything that he does. You will not be disappointed. And if you're interested in hearing more, check out my website at goodgamescasually.com where you can find more interviews 
more resources to help you with gaming. And if you want to follow me, same thing, Good Games Casually. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate your involvement. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. Thank you.